It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. I'm struggling. Right now I'm struggling from um, mosquito bites. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lil Tullest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Hey, and welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here, checking out the episode. I do hope you hit the subscribe button so you can keep up with the full series. Uh, You get three new interviews sent your way every single week, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover those new ones at Spotify and Apple Podcast at nprwfpk.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. You can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Uh, some of my recent guests have included Liz Fair, Sarah Silverman, Duff McKagan of uh, Guns N' Roses, Felicia Day, Susan Tedeschi, Josh Radner of uh, the actor behind uh, Fleischman is in Trouble and How I Met Your Mother. We talk about his new album. Uh, Kristen Hirsch of Throwing Muses. Laney, The Breeders, Corey Taylor, Michael C. Hall from uh, Dexter and Six Feet Under, as well as the filmmakers behind uh, Physical, The Morning Show, Expendables. Uh, That's just an example of what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith With podcast. And that's me, Kyle Meredith, today talking with the Japanese house about their new record, In the End, It Always Does. Uh, Amber Bain's going to dig into... Well, the revealing nature of uh, her songs, not just uh, in, in her lyrics, but how they sort of reveal themselves to even her much later on down the line. Uh, how she took inspiration from 101 Dalmatians and Richard Linklater's Boyhood, and how the record came from uh, much of what she was actually uh, reading at the time. Uh, Amber's also going to talk about Joni Mitchell's influence on her uh, melodies and guitar tunings, and why she chose to cover ABBA's Super Trooper in a live show. All that and more as we dig into In the End, It Always Does. It's Kyle Meredith with The Japanese House. Hi, thanks for having me on the show. I uh, loved what you've done through the whole run, but there does seem to be something a little bit extra special about the, about this record. And, and I've heard you talk about it uh, quite a lot. And it's interesting to me, 
I guess when it's being released, because if, if I've got this right, like you started this in 2021, you wrapped it in 2022, and finally here we are in 2023. Is it, do you find now that, you know, having just lived with it for this long, that now that it's out that you're, that, that it reveals maybe anything that it hadn't before? I mean, I often make music, like have songs that are, um from when I like, was a teenager there's definitely there's one song on this album that I wrote when I was like 17 or 18 which is uh you always get what you want and I think like after yeah after a certain there's like an initial period when you're writing that you feel so connected to something and then afterwards it feels like almost like you're you're like hearing it as a new listener rather than like the person who wrote it so I have that a lot with this record um and yeah like there's certain songs on the record I still can't really listen to without, unless I'm like fully accepting that I'm gonna feel sad. <laughs> for example, uh, One More Sorry Two for Joni Jones. Like when I listen to that, it doesn't really even feel like I wrote it because it just feels like, yeah, I feel so far away from that that feeling that it almost yeah feels like another person wrote it at this point. It's an interesting relationship. I mean, starting a song and being in one frame of mind time passing finishing a song being in a different frame of mind mm -hmm. like yeah. it, it's an interesting relationship i think to to have with any of the songs because not not that i'm saying the first half you wrote in the first but but does it can, can you see those moments still in the song like oh that's who i was then and that's who i was then yeah and like i also think that when i'm writing um a lot of these songs i'd heart initially written like the first verse and chorus or whatever at one point and then I'd come back to the song and finished it when I was at a different point. And that often happens like there's, I often feel like there's um, some sort of like prophetic element to writing. And cause I guess you're like pulling from like a really deep part of your consciousness or like deep part of your mental, like your psyche. So, that, so that like it's kind of revealing and you often be like, Oh, why am I saying this random thing? But then months down the line that, random thing ha ends up happening or like that's actually what you end up believing so it's quite interesting that like for example Sunshine Baby I started writing when I was trying to fix my relationship and then I finished writing it when my relationship was over and so the first verse is like the ver sorry the verses are written when my relationship was over and that chorus was written when I was trying to grasp onto the last kind of crumbs of it um and it's kind of funny because when I listen to that chorus now, I don't hear it as like uh, necessarily very hopeful. I kind of hear it as a like resignation to a relationship, but it wasn't. <laughs> That's interesting because you have, of course, the relationship songs. Um, you, you've talked a lot about the inspiration came on this record from uh, your current relationship relationship to your own identity on top of that. And and I don't know how much that plays into it, but go into an album with that much to explore. How clear does it start out as that versus maybe as you're saying, it's something you look back on and go, oh, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I rarely like have. It, yeah, it does. I think you're right. It feels like I come back to something and be like, kind of gain understanding as to what the hell I'm talking about after much after it's written. Uh like it's rare that I'll sit down and be like, I want to write a song about this. Sometimes I do. And like those songs kind of tend to be the more like poppy leaning songs because it's like with an intention behind it. And like, I want this song to be like this. But like most of the time I'm just sitting there like feeling 
like writing about something and I ha really genuinely have no idea what I'm saying usually like I think I, in my head it's just like complete gibberish like all the lyrics of Boyhood were gibberish like actual gibberish for a long time and I kind of like was like I kind of feel like I'm trying to say this when I'm saying blah 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 and like it just turned out and to be like something that I was really thinking about a lot about at the time but yeah I definitely come back to the meaning afterwards most of the time you hear about songwriting as like therapy it's almost a cliche yeah no it's, it is therapeutic and it's like um I mean it can be like kind of damaging as well in terms of like sometimes you don't really want to face those things at that, that time and it kind of like I've definitely written songs that have catalyzed uh like something that that wouldn't have happened otherwise had I not written that song or had I not been had I not thought about it in that t moment or time and we'll be right back right after this Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you to get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with The Japanese House. Well, you know, some of the songs I did want to hit on here, too, because first off, that opening track, uh, Spot Dog. Mm-hmm. In the opening piano, it's almost like it's it's... It's almost like it's disjointed a little bit and, and still pulls itself together. I kept thinking about the more and more I listened to it. I, I felt like I was I was walking by a room and, and just caught a fleeting moment of, of two people inside making this music. You know, I, mm-hmm. it, it almost feels like toys in a way, the music to that one, if that makes sense. Where, where did that come from? Like toys? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the initial piano thing is just something I wrote a few years ago because I was watching um, 101 Dalmatians and I really like there's this theme called I think it's called A Beautiful Spring Day and like I really just love that piece of music and it's like so nostalgic for me and it's one of the first like things I became obsessed 101 Dalmatians was probably one of the first things that I ever became like obsessed with and I'd watch it on repeat and repeat and repeat. And like to the point where the video like broke because I'd watched it so many times like, every day. Um, and so that music for me is like so ridiculously nostalgic. So I, I got real obsessed with the music and like started listening to it. And, and I love that kind of piano style. So I tried to like kind of replicate that in an almost like tongue in cheek way. Like it's so, it's like me bashing a keyboard basically when I'm playing it. Um, and then it turns into this kind of like, I feel like that song is really a good, like, it's like the palette for the whole album in a way. Like there's a lot of like acoustic, um, more like intricate piano-y stuff. And there's also like more electronic element. And I feel like, yeah, it has this sort of like everything that every song probably has some sort of like pull from Spot Dog in a way. That's uh, That was my first movie I ever saw in a theater, 101 Dalmatians. Really? Yeah. The which, not during the initial run, obviously, because what was that? It was the 40s or 50s. But uh, but yeah, yeah. That, that was the first thing I ever saw. It set right up front. That's um, 101 Dalmatians as sort of a little bit of the inspiration for the first song. Uh, Love Actually, if I remember, if I read right in the closing song and Boyhood directly in the middle. Is that right? Love Actually is no, not true. But uh, I, I don't know where that got picked up. I think I like the, the song... The feeling that that song gives me is uh, like, I guess I was trying to capture the same, you know, that that song by Joni Mitchell, who obviously that song is inspired by, there's a song called um, Both Sides Now, which she redid. uh, There's an early version of her playing it on guitar and then she redid it. um, And they used it in the soundtrack for Love Actually. And that, you know, that like um, moment where Emma Thompson is, Fine, opens the Joni Mitchell CD and it's like this heart-wrenching moment like that song I was once talking in an interview like about how that song perfectly encapsulates that feeling of kind of like I don't know just like I guess poignant but then um and that's kind of the same kind of feeling that I was trying to capture in that song but it has absolutely no, nothing to do with actually love actually <laughs> um I actually think that film is extremely problematic but um I then Boyhood, what did you say Boyhood was again? Well, I, I am piecing together things I've read and, and and I might have the wrong context here, but uh, but but the Richard Linklater movie, you know, I was just actually thinking about how 
wondering actually how often movies might lead the way for you. I, I, I love when that happens, you know, because we take so much, you know, from everyday life. But when a songwriter says, oh, I took this from the movie, it's I don't know why that sort of takes it to a new level, a different, a different plane for me. It's I, oh, yeah, definitely get inspired by films for sure. Like, yeah, the, the boyhood thing um, that it is partially inspired by that. That's definitely what the um, the title is drawn from, because originally I was thinking about like, Obviously, that film you get to you get to watch uh, a kid grow up, and he's exactly the same age as me. And like, there's some crossover there, and I think it makes me think about like childhood, like all the things that happened in childhood, and like how all these things we see this person experience, like inevitably, will become a part of him in some way, and like he'll spend then his adulthood like trying to figure out why certain things have been caused by certain things. And like, I was thinking about that with regards to myself. And then I started thinking about that with regards to gender and stuff. But yeah, I, I do feel like um, I am definitely influenced by more than just other music. Like I'm influenced a lot by what I read. Like um, I was reading a lot of poetry when I was writing this album. Like I was much more more inspired by reading than I was listening with this album in, in a lot of ways. Because um, I feel like there's certain things that like, open you up to being creative and like inspire you and sometimes with music it's hard to only be inspired by music because then you can't help but want to directly copy it and be like I want that so I need to do that whereas if you look at other mediums and it's like oh I want that feeling and then you try to replicate that in a different form of art and then it doesn't feel like plagiarism no, it just feels like being inspired and we'll be right back right after this Hey, welcome to Kyle Meredith with Consequence, where we check out some cool new things happening on the uh, Consequence Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today I get to talk to uh, Ann Erickson, host of our new Consequence Podcast, Beyond the Boys Club. Hey, Kyle. And congratulations on Beyond the Boys Club. Uh, well, what can you tell us about it? Four years ago, I started a column published on Consequence called Beyond the Boys Club. The goal is to spotlight the women making a name for themselves in rock and metal. All these artists share their passion for music and their stories of breaking barriers as women in the music industry. This fall, we're taking the conversation further in the Beyond the Boys Club podcast. The interview series will welcome amazing female and non-binary artists from across the genre spectrum to share their stories and triumphs as they follow the beat of their own drum and shake up the scene. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to check it out. And we should all check it out because Beyond the Boys Club arrives uh, twice monthly uh, on Tuesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Great talking with you, Anne. Thanks, Kyle. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with The Japanese House. Yeah, with the music, though, and I did wonder this only because, you know, we brought up Joni a few times, but the, uh, the indexical reminder almost feels like a Joni riff almost you know and maybe that's is the DNA's there yes it's uh her tuning her like go-to tuning it's like that that both sides now kind of uh original guitar tuning um that's that's what I used for that song because I was really playing around with that and like yeah this I mean the last few years I've been so inspired by Joni Mitchell I even named my my dog after her so <laughs> It's no secret. Yeah, right. Well, that's why I mean, like, like her DNA is in every piece of music that's come after. It's one of those artists, you know, <laughs> like it's yeah. just like inescapable for most anybody. I think it's it, you can find the traces there. But that's 
that song and then like they're the way you do those lyrics by the way in that track uh i leave my things around look at this clip i found it's you know it's like i can see that i can i can see everything you're saying in one of those moments wherein sad to breathe whereas i can't tell if the things i have i just don't want or the things i want i just don't get oh yeah oh that's That's a dramatic little lyric isn't it (laughs) but that's fun to play around with that's fun to play around with you just to think about like like that's one of those i'd wonder like you know do you look back on that one and and think has it changed where are you where are you within that line right now i don't relate to that at all right now um i like i remember relating to that and i think there's like that's why i kind of with that song it's interesting because i wrote the original part of it and it was kind of like slow and acoustic like it, it didn't go double time um and I think the reason we came back to it and it's like there's some weird kind of joy in that track even though it's so sad lyrically I think it's because I don't feel like I can relate to that kind of part of my life at all like I can't even imagine being there um but I think it's like I actually think that lyric's kind of funny like I think there's like a lot of there there are a lot of lyrics on this album that I think are like over the top supposed to be like dramatic because I think when you are feeling um, like heartbroken or like depressed, like it does feel like that. It does feel like over the top and dramatic and it feels like your world's about to end. And then there's like a sweetness in coming back to that and being like, ah, it didn't, you know? Did I see that you covered ABBA's Super Trooper? I did, yeah. I love that song. Actually, I don't love that song. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about that song? I... I it's like one of my least favorite ABBA songs, but then for some, cause it, cause I found it kind of annoying. Like when, like when I, cause it's so fast and like, I don't know, like I, ABBA are like one of my favorite bands. Um, and I'm more of like a slipping through my fingers kind of, kind of guy. Um, but that song, I just found it like almost like too happy, but then I started playing it randomly on the piano once and I was like, oh my God, these are the saddest lyrics I've ever heard in my life. Like. I never really listened to the lyrics before, like what it was all about. And also that it's just such a like lovely chord sequence and it's just such a well-written song. And I think, I don't know, like I love it when a, the core of a song is so clever and like that you don't really realise it and then you strip it back and you play it on piano and you're like, oh, this is a ballad. Like I think all the best songs, if you play it as a ballad and it sounds like that, it will sound amazing. Um, so now I love it as a song, but that sounds really arrogant. Like I, I could I mean love it because I because of my version of it, but no, it's just it's you know what it comes down to, it's ABBA, it's just the band that keeps on giving. That's yeah, uh... that's true. <laughs> um, I love this album. In the end, it always does. Uh I'm so grateful we got to talk about it. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm glad I'm really glad you like the album. And my thanks to the Japanese house. Again, the new album is called In the End, It Always Does. Thanks to you, of course, for checking out the episode. Uh, again, I do hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with the uh, the entire series. Three brand new interviews sent your way every single week. New and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can subscribe at Spotify, at Apple Podcast, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from, you can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And after that, head over to WFPK.org. 
It's where I do a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's four hours of classics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You get the biggest in new music, lots of music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Uh, one of my recent shows had the music of uh, the Lemonheads, the Police, Jam, The Clash, Fishbone, Anderson East, Tegan and Sarah, Wilco, Oasis, The Smashing Pumpkins, Kate Bush, The Civil Wars, The Avert Brothers, Allison Russell, Dar Williams, The National, Dog Star, Noel Gallagher, The Smile, Desiree, Kenzie, The Killers, The Bengals, Caribou, Peter Gabriel, Blur, and my interview with Westlife. Just an example of what you get every weeknight at 6 p.m., when you listen at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the old social media spots. The address is always the same. Wherever you're looking, it's at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. And I'm like really allergic to the mosquitoes here. It's like, I'm never, it's like they're like the size of a fist, my bones. It's crazy. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.